This podcast is sponsored by UL Firefighter Safety Research Institute. In today's modern fire environment, people have three minutes or less to escape a house fire. Fire is getting faster. But smoke alarms are getting smarter. For more information on smoke alarm technology advancements and resources to share with the public, visit smokealarms.ul.org. a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. We've all worked with people who seem to have just given up. Maybe we've witnessed someone slip into being burned out, and maybe that person is us. In any case, People who were burned out by something they once loved and fought so hard to obtain shouldn't be ignored. If you've worked with someone who says things like, I'm just here to do my job and go home, or I just don't care anymore, I'm just here for the paycheck, then you have a direct connection to someone who shows signs of burnout. As the feelings of these people go unaddressed, the mood permeates throughout the entire organization, and it sets the tone for strained relationships, and people start to feel like they have to walk on eggshells. But there are ways to address burnout in a way that can re-engage the person exhibiting signs of it. First, I'm going to dive a little deeper into what burnout looks like, how it affects us in the fire service, and then I'll go into some strategies that we can incorporate in order to fight it. The reason why we should pay special attention to the signs of burnout in the fire service is because study results show that burnout leads to diminished safety behaviors in firefighters. And obviously that affects all of us who ride on the truck, not to mention the members of the public that we serve. Work stress and any work-related conflict aren't directly related to bad safety practices. However, these kinds of stressors can lead to burnout over time, which is a major predictor of unsafe work practices. When firefighters are burned out, they're less likely to voice safety concerns. We're less likely to use PPE properly, and we're less likely to perform our work in a routinely safe manner. If you want to look at the results of this study, just go to the show notes and click the links. Uh, you'll find the link there. You'll get all the, all the information from the study that, that's talking about this in the link. I did some personal recon into what burnout looks like, and I went around to some of the members of my organization at, 
at multiple levels. And I asked the question, what is burnout and what does it look like to you? I got a lot of different answers, but the theme was the same. Basically, burnout is when you let the job get to you to the point where you just don't care anymore. I did a little digging even further, and I found a psychologist by the name of Herbert Freudenberger. Yeah, Freudenberger, right? Real nice. Um, <clears throat> who claims credit for the term burnout. Dr. Freudenberger describes burnout as, quote, a debilitating psychological condition brought about by unrelieved work stress. And he puts a real emphasis on the unrelieved part, unrelieved work stress. He goes on to describe it as a depletion of energy and feeling of being overwhelmed by other people's problems. Burnout is generally defined as a psychological response to chronic work stress. And in an effort to break it down to more specific and identifiable traits, it's recognized as having three major components. Depletion, disengagement or withdrawal from the workplace and coworkers, or I guess and or cynicism or unsympathetic attitude toward the people and goals they serve. So let's talk about each of these components individually. Number one, depletion. People who show signs of burnout typically have depleted energy. They have a lowered resistance to illness and utilize sick time more often. I'm not talking solely about their physical energy either. They're emotionally depleted as well. These things contribute to physical and emotional absenteeism. You can't do the job if you're not here, right? I want to make something completely clear. There's nothing wrong with utilizing sick time in order to get your mind right. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. However, when there's a repeated pattern of behavior, it should be a warning sign to supervisors and those who work closely with that person that there's something bigger going on there. It's a red flag and it should be addressed, not ignored. And if we're truly being the brothers and sisters that we said we would in our interview, then we'd be mindful of that person and we'd reach out to whoever it is needing some support. Number two, disengagement or withdrawal from the workplace and coworkers. What this looks like is when people show signs of increased depersonalization within interpersonal relationships that they'd otherwise be very active in. They become pessimistic and they lose interest in the things that would engage them or have brought them joy in the past. Number three, cynicism or unsympathetic attitude towards the people and goals that they serve. A lot of psychological experts say that sadly burnout happens when a person starts in a profession with very good intentions and aspirations of grandeur. What they do is they try to reach unrealistic goals and they end up depleting their energy and losing touch with themselves. I'm going to dive into this last one a little bit deeper. Sometimes the irony of it all is that it happens to be the new person, like I said, who's super excited to be there doing the job they feel they were born to do. They're, they're very enthusiastic and full of energy, just thinking about all the good that they're going to do, right? And they oftentimes set very high expectations for what they believe the job is and maybe have an unrealistic idea of all the lives that they're going to save. And as the calls kick out and a little dose of reality sets in, in that a lot of the emergencies we go on aren't really emergencies at all, but more like on-demand life coach sessions. Their hopes of dramatically saving people aren't achieved. And instead of taking a realistic approach and enjoying the small wins, 
they may allow that initial enthusiasm to fade and be replaced with a cynical view of the job and what it is that we really do. Instead of lowering objectives or accepting that reality, they bottle up their frustration. They don't talk about it. It goes unrelieved, right? Just like uh, Dr. Freudenberger said, unrelieved. So let me tell you a little bit about a personal experience that I've had with this. I've been on the job for about 15 years now, and I've battled with burnout myself to some extent. I love running calls, and I love helping people. I love running 911 calls. Um, that's not the issue here. One of the reasons, one of the whole reasons why I wanted to, to be a firefighter paramedic in the first place is to help people. So I was stationed at a house that was pretty busy in a 48 hour shift. We'd oftentimes run at least 24 calls. And I've got to be honest, most of them were of the on-demand life coach sort. There were few legit emergencies where I got to put my skills into practice from starting IVs or innovating someone to patching up gunshot wounds and performing needle decompressions. I craved putting my skills into action, but the opportunities for that just weren't there. I don't like running calls just for the sake of running calls. I tend to appreciate the quality calls over the quantity of them. So I found myself getting a bit burnt out on running calls that just didn't present as true emergencies. And so I'm talking about things like, you know, people saying, oh, I've had a stomach ache for two weeks, or I bent my fingernail back and now it's bleeding. What do I do? Yeah, these are actual reasons people have called 911 in my area. These, those were actual calls, just a few examples of actual calls that I've been on. Um, So anyway, the more and more I ran calls like that, the less I enjoyed my time at work and it began affecting me in a very negative way. So once I was able to take a step back and look at how things were affecting me, I was able to realize what exactly it was that was causing my unhappiness. So I had a choice to make. I could keep doing the same thing and continue to be miserable, or I could change my attitude and put my focus on doing things that would overcome those negative feelings. And I'm happy to say that I quickly chose the latter. I decided to seek out ways that I could provide more value to my crew and to everyone I interacted with, whether it be doing something as simple as vacuuming their dorm room or holding a conversation with them that consisted of more than just, oh, good morning. What's going on, man? I made the active choice to start investing in people and focusing the time spent with them in a way that was more about the quality of the interaction. One of the ways I do this is when I respond to 911 calls that aren't technically emergencies, I invest more in the interaction by educating my patients as to what their options are and helping them come to a resolution themselves. Naturally, people are calling us to solve some kind of problem, right? And a lot of the times we do just that. However, there are still those times that there's nothing that we can really do for them on our end in regards to emergency medical services and their issues more about um, loneliness they're having or an inability to change out their smoke detector batteries or something like that. So I actively pour as much kindness as I can into these situations because A, the last thing people need is to feel judged or mistreated by us and B, it naturally puts me in a more positive mood, a better attitude. Ultimately, It's us that chooses how we feel in any given situation, good or bad. These are just a few examples that that I use in order to keep the feeling of burnout at bay. 
I'd encourage you guys to find some kind of positive outlet that can help reinforce and remind you of the excitement that we all had when we first got our turnouts or our EMT and paramedic certs. Something to remember is that the onset is usually slow and it sneaks in unnoticed. I'm talking about burnout here. By paying attention to the signs in others as well as ourselves, we can get ahead of things to try to make things right and get back to a place where we're feeling happy and fulfilled, or at the very least, content. When you see someone or you feel yourself experiencing the mental and physical exhaustion, the alienation, cynicism, impatience, negative feelings of detachment to the point that they or you begin to resent coming to work, it's time to do something about it. It's time to regain control in how you're feeling. So let's talk about some strategies and some things you can do to help overcome burnout. Number one, I've got, what do I got? Um, <clears throat> I've got four, four strategies here. So number one, use your vacation time. You have vacation time for a reason. Use it. Even if it's to take a day to yourself, treat yourself to lunch and a movie, or go get a massage. Use the time that you're entitled. I know you may get a payout on vacation time that you don't use. I get that. So if I rack up enough vacation hours, any any amount of hours over that um, over that certain time, I get paid out on. And if you've got a plan for that, like a cruise to the Bahamas or something, then do it. Yeah, cool. Use that appropriately. However, don't just collect vacation hours while you're feeling burned out and miserable at work. Those vacation hours are doing you no good when they're just sitting on the table when they could be put to good use. And I'm not saying drain your vacation bank. This isn't an all or nothing mentality here. You know, I, I'm not an all or nothing kind of guy. I'm saying take 24 or 48 hours off, get some rest, relax, reset. Which brings me to my next suggestion. Number two, get some sleep. Sleep always wins, guys. How many, how many MVAs do we go on where people fell asleep at the wheel? They roll their vehicle and maybe they kill someone. Maybe they wind up dead themselves. Sleep always wins. You'll get grumpy and short with people um, who, who you're close to and the people who love you. And it's going to cause some added stress to your life, which is the opposite of what you need. So do everyone a favor and get some sleep. Don't feel guilty about it. You work hard. Even if you aren't running your ass off for 24 hours straight, your mind is still on alert and ready for action which is mentally exhausting. Your brain needs time to rest and purge the RAM that you've gathered during your waking hours. Something important here, um, have a conversation with your spouse about just how important sleep is to your mental health so you're on the same page and they don't just see you as lazy or trying to avoid them or whatever. It takes a strong person to be the spouse of a first responder and they're typically very understanding of how your life is different than everyone else's. However, you can't make the assumption that they automatically know. So go on a date, have a conversation about how important sleep is to you and how it doesn't mean you're neglecting them. Number three, seek out positive outlets. Read books, escape into a new story, gain a new perspective on a topic you may be familiar with. Expand your mind. Read books. Uh, another positive outlet you could use, exercise. I talk about this a lot, guys. 
get out of the recliner and move your body. This won't just release the positive endorphins and shift you into a positive mindset, but it'll help you sleep better at night too, which goes back to my previous strategy, right? So do something productive. Um, seek out those positive outlets. Do something you won't, wouldn't necessarily normally do. Uh, join join a group on Facebook or in your local community and actively engage with other members of that group. Get to know people. Develop your interpersonal communication skills. Open up. Discuss the things that are going through your head. Ask questions and offer solutions. Engage and build relationships. We all feel the effects of burnout from time to time. I get it. When we sit down to dinner and the tones go off for someone who's having, quote, flu-like symptoms times one week, it can be frustrating. But just remember that you have the best job in the world. Remind yourself of all the amazing things you get to do as a result of your career and how no day is ever the same. Our careers go by in the blink of an eye. And honestly, I can't believe that I'm already 15 years deep into mine. They say that time flies when you're having fun, and I've had a lot of fun in my 15 years and I've still got a lot of great times ahead of me. If you've lost some of what motivates you and need to hit the reset button, click the link in the show notes and download the free motivation worksheet that I've put together. It's a short little worksheet that you can use to help refocus and identify the things that drive you. I personally use the same exact worksheet from time to time to make sure that my motivations aren't slowly slipping away from me, and I'd encourage you to do the same. I've also put together a challenge that can help you initiate a leadership mentality regardless of what rank you hold. This is going to help you become more aware of what's going on around you and within your firehouse. There's a link to the 12 Days of Leadership in the show notes as well, or you can find the link on the Ignited website in the top right corner at www.ignitedff.com. As always, guys, thank you for listening to the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. Please subscribe and share. As we delve deeper into these issues that we cover, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. Remember, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. And I'd also like to invite you to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. This is where we as firefighters and EMS professionals can come together and discuss the topics touched on in the show. We're brothers and sisters, and we need to do what we can to rebuild the brotherhood that attracted us to the profession in the first place. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you want on your crew. Be ignited. As firefighters, we work in physically, emotionally, and psychologically challenging situations. It's the nature of the job, and for a good part, that's why we're attracted to the job in the first place, for the challenging element of it all. But with those challenges come the pressure to constantly perform oftentimes with limited resources. These difficult work conditions can lead to burnout over the long term. So what is burnout? In today's episode, I'm going to talk about what burnout is, how it affects us, and I'll provide some strategies that we can use to help fight it so that we can keep our love for the job and retire with pride and fulfillment.